0: Anyways, Ed, I feel like the most interesting thing that happened in that Wolves game, apart from Juan Mata outpacing the Wolves backline, uh, was Wolves bringing on a kid with curtains. Oh, honestly, like, absolute prime that head. They're going to come back. They're, they'll come back because everything comes back. No. And you look at it and go, how, how does someone look at pictures of Phil and Gary Neville in 1993?
1: I want, I want and me think, some of that. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that was that was. Emb- I was embarrassed for the lad, to be honest. It's just <laughs> bad. I mean, look, he's uh, he was a kid, uh, and I guess he's not earning the wage of all these uh, multi bazillionaires uh, of his peers at the club. But still he can afford a hairdresser. Maybe they could have a whip round for him. I I want to start a whip round for him. Do you think that Gary
0: Neville and Phil Neville's curtains were born of economic necessity? That like it was that thing of they you know, it took ages before any of them got a club car and all that sort of I, thing. I reckon
1: they had curtains from like age five. A bit like how you had a bowl cut for like twenty five years of your life. <laughs> Honestly, this is very firmly embedded in your unconscious, isn't
0: it? The idea of me with a bowl cut. No, no, it's firmly in the conscious, right in the front.
1: (laughs) It's in the (laughs) lobe. It's right in the front of the line. It's like
0: uh, you associate, when if we played word association, you were like, Paul, you might say like podcast now, maybe after 10 years. But I think bowl cut would be very high up the list, even though it literally <laughs> didn't happen from about the age of 10 onwards.
1: Look, you say that, but have you got any proof? No, no, you don't. So anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was a bad moment for the lads. And uh, fortunately, there, there weren't that many people there to witness it. <laughs> It's kind of flat, Old Trafford, wasn't it? I mean, we get to the game in a bit, but it was unusually quiet from about a minute in the Wolves fans were singing Is This a Library? Which, given they are uh, definitely in the bottom half of fans in the league, a bit cheeky.
0: Yeah, the the, the sort of Is This a Library thing just makes me think that austerity's gone too far because people genuinely don't know what public services look like anymore. Um, But the, the, the... Yeah, it was very flat. It was half empty as well, which is a replay. So, you know, it's understandable. And then Wednesday night. Yeah, Yeah,
1: although, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I I do feel like even minor cup games wouldn't have struggled to sell out quite as badly as United have been struggling this season. I mean, the City game nearly full, but it wasn't full. Mm. Yeah, For a cup semi-final against City... Uh, and fifty odd in uh, the game against Rochdale, and and so you know, like demand has dropped off a little bit, which is unsurprising because, you know, I'm i sound very good right now. But that that wasn't the case twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, thirty years ago. Oh, well, was it economics that kind of
0: challenges the myth that sock that football clubs have a fairly inelastic demand, and actually they have a very elastic demand, really, because success on the pitch and because it's not I don't think it's just lack of success I do think it's sort of um quality and, and also of course Old Trafford was right. a lot smaller it was 30,000 seats smaller when it when it would sell out every week sure. you know
1: of course yeah uh, look if we had success on the pitch uh, we could sell a 200,000 stadium out yeah. uh, and the vibe was right around the club anyway there was a game yeah there was a game. Are we avoiding talking about the game? United were decent. I mean, Craig, quite a few decent chances. Yeah. Had a lot more possession. The Wolves deserved to win the game, I think. I think it's fair to say. Defended very well, generally. I mean, so the Wolves had a few good chances. Second half. At the beginning. Ye- Harry Maguire was a bit... Arr. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, don't want to speak of Harry because he's very precious and all that. But speak, speak of him. Speak ill of him. But uh, hmm, a few moments there. But look, United didn't do badly defensively and they weren't under tons of pressure.
0: Well they were in the first half. In the first half we looked like an absolute omni-shambles defensively and quite dangerous going forward is what I thought. I mean there was there's the moment that leads up to the the Vard goal where Fred petwangs the ball off Matic and it spins into the box Maguire is like fairly easily brushed aside but
1: the ball yes. brushes
0: the the Wolves player's hand yes. so you know
1: yes Yes, I mean, correctly ruled out under the current interpretation—a ridiculous rule, which everyone feels is ridiculous. But, but that—that is—that's the rules. Uh, United to six of eleven shots on target, two of seven for Wolves. Although um, the uh, the third one, the one that went in, won't be in that stat. But 60% possession for United, I mean, you know, it's dominant enough. And given that we've played these guys six times over the last 18 months, it's the first time we've managed to beat them. It's a
0: big day. It's a big day in MUFC modern history. Woo-hoo. We finally beat Wolves. I mean, they hit the post. Suck on that, Wolves. <laughs> they,
1: We're coming for you.
0: They hit the post, didn't they, um, in the first half? Um, it was very much a game of two halves, I thought. Um the the defensive army shambles, we look threatening. There's one nice moment earlier where Aaron Wambasaka burst into the box and then he got into the box and was like, Oh, oh no! Oh, this is the bit where I don't know what you're supposed to do. But it was sort of quite nice dribbling. Martial was like quite dribbly, but um his end product was not at its best uh by by any means. Um it wasn't one of his better games for United, but he even when he's not playing that well, he always looks like he's going to make something happen. Um,
1: yeah, three three shots from him as many as anyone else in the game. Yeah, but they weren't they uh, weren't one on target. A little bit of criticism, Dan James. I I read. I think it's a bit harsh. I mean, he's got he's now got he's got six assists this season, which is not bad for a, a kid coming into the team for the first time. Uh, he hasn't scored since that burst of goals, which is he could probably do with a goal for. For the sake of confidence, yeah, there was the he basically um, got one
0: on one with the keeper twice and and blew both of them. Really, I mean, the keeper yeah. did well, but uh, you know, you, you he didn't do what Juan Mata did and elegantly dink it with you know a studied nonchalance, even at
1: full pace. Mata <laughs> had the composure to dink it over the keeper. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Patricio is obviously a very very good keeper as well. So you know. Was it Patricio that played? Was it not? I thought Ruddy played for some. Oh, reason. Ruddy played. You're right. Yeah, he's not a good keeper. So yeah, <laughs> Dan James, boo. <laughs> um, anyway, so I mean, he did, he did all right. Um, Pereira, yeah. Um, well, he didn't. He his, didn't his, start. His, his, no, but yeah. you know, when he came on, I'm just going through the midfielders here. I want to have a go Pereira because I do. Uh, <laughs> Fred, okay. I actually, I actually think he's since he's had to move to the right because since Matic is coming, he doesn't quite look the same player. His performance Mm. level hasn't been as high. Matic made a couple of clearances. Uh, There was one weird bit where uh, he was getting praise for clearing a ball with his head. And I was like, "Mm, that's, you know, (laughs) that's what you do when (laughs) ball's high in the box. There was a really Uh, funny moment
0: where someone just like absolutely steamed past Matic and he just sort of like, looked around like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do anything about this. But then there was a bounce of the ball and it became clear that he would be able to influence play. He looked really excited <laughs> and I like, quickly got in and nipped in and took the ball off the Wolves play. It was quite good. My favourite moment in the first half though, um, Neto should Notto be trying to start on Brandon Williams. Um, I was actually really impressed with Brandon Williams because his face went bright red and you could see him think, I've been told not to headbutt people. I've been told not to headbutt people. I've been told not to head... Don't headbutt him. Don't headbutt him. And actually, Brandon Williams, considering he's a kid, I I think did really well. We had a question, which I can't remember who it was Yes, I think he was
1: helped by Neto, though, because uh, amongst all that pushing and shoving if Neto had fallen over and grabbed his face, yeah. Williams could have been in trouble there. But, but uh,
0: yeah. I mean, if Williams had fallen over and grabbed his face, Neto might have been in trouble. Sure. So. But we had a question uh, from an American listener, I believe, about what does double R mean? Um, and that was a, that's an important clarification. Brandon Williams is not double R. He's double hard.
1: Um, or maybe he's double R. We might have started something <laughs> Yeah,
0: double R is the new double hard. It just uh, means, like... If hard means tough, then double hard just means double
1: tough because he's double hard. Um, he could also start fighting in an empty room, can he? I mean, no,
0: he, but like he's not. He didn't fight. He didn't fight him. He his face
1: went bright he loves red. Him. He loves a bit of aggro. He <laughs> loves a bit of aggro. He's he gets involved almost every single game. Anyway, very good performance from Williams. I mean, unquestionably now the the number one left back at the club. Yeah. Just, yeah, unquestionably, Ashley Young's going and. Isn't he the only and Luke left sure back? Shaw in, you know, in a bargain bucket. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's his it's his place and, and Shaw will come in to give him a rest now and again. That's it. Yeah, but
0: I mean, absolutely. There aren't very many left backs to choose from now that Ashley Young has.
1: No, I mean, Young deal's not completed and, and Inter did buy themselves a left back this week or swapped themselves and got a left back. Uh, although it looks like if you believe the Italian journalists have noted that uh, the deal will go through for 1.5 million euros this window and and Young will be on his way, which is, I have to say, a fairly bold decision. I mean, it's Young, right? So we we criticise him a lot, justifiably. But one injury to Luke Shaw, perfectly possible. And and, um, Brandon Williams is playing every game from now until the end of end of the season unless we're thinking there's another, I mean, you know, there are some other very talented fullbacks in the uh, youth ranks as well, but it's, you know, there's a, there's an element of risk to this. CBJ called
0: back from Tranmere, CBJ ultras. Um Honestly, it's been a long time since Cameron ballfoot Jackson looked like a world beater under Lou Van Hull. Um Anyway, uh, the goal, let's talk about the goal. Uh Maguire, did brilliantly to uh, win back the ball, knock it forward. Rashford did excellently to find matter. Immediately as I saw the goal, I thought, Va. I thought this is his toes going to have been offside because there's two Wolves defenders, one of whom is the man that is supposed to be where the line is. And I think that matter would have been offside, but there was another player playing him like fully, clearly onside. But it, it was one of those things where it's a bit, it's a bit sad, isn't it, that you kind of look at a goal and be like, mm, I don't think this is going to be a goal, even though it was a goal.
1: Well, quite. Yeah, that's that's what VARA's done. And uh, we don't need to talk about it much because it's really, really boring because every football podcast and TV show on the planet, or at least focusing on the Premier League, is talking about it all the time. But it's taken that moment away. Yeah, we've no. talked about it loads, haven't we? And But yeah, it was a lovely goal. And
0: Juan w- 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 Mata played well again. Uh, it's been a few performances. Um, Mohamed Butt of Squawker, I was chatting with him during the game and he pointed out that what we wouldn't give for like 2013 Juan Mata in this side, a little bit more mobility and fitness and he would just be the exact player that this team needs. So the kind of 2020 version of Juan w- Mata can be useful clearly in certain circumstances. I think the... I, I think I was part of this, definitely, but I think perhaps he's been written off a little bit too soon and maybe there is a role for him to play in this team. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I would say he's he's clearly the most talented of our potential number 10s right now. He just doesn't seem to be able to last a game out. So are you prepared to, one, I mean, and two arguments. One, he can't last a game. and Two, there's a very good argument that he slows down United's possession, although... In many games where United have more possession, that's okay. It's just where we're trying to play on the break, that's not okay. I thought the BT Sport commentary was remarkably
0: negative. Uh, It was equally, across the board, critical. But just sort of like portraying it, I unmuted it pretty early and I kind of unmuted it for a bit and then just gave up on it altogether because it was just particularly, incredibly critical of almost everything that happened in that way that... I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like Barry Davis used to do that. You know, I, I, there was a lot more. I really don't like the commentator as analyst model. I really don't like
1: it. Um, you Tubification of, of uh, commentary, I think. Right. <laughs> Podcast no, I, I, mean, I think it is a little bit. I think they've, you know, a lot of the commentators have tried to modernise their delivery of this, whereas it would have been uh, Barry Davis, very, very neutral. Yeah, mostly called what was going on, the occasional exclamation to colour the the uh, the the TV viewers' experience, but but not a lot of analysis and not a lot of sort of pointed commentary. I mean, and he not did... a lot of trying to play off the COCOM's for reaction.
0: That's the thing. I mean, he did once say Italy have lost because they will not learn, <laughs> but but you know, but generally speaking, they, the, that those commentators called called the action I feel like you know anyway and I kind of I find it very frustrating uh, just the intense negativity bias um there was a, a couple of things that I thought were notable Fred put in a brilliant challenge on Jimenez in the box and nicked the ball off him at one point when there was a really dangerous situation developing that was really good Aaron Wambasaka with another couple of brilliant tackles as is his want um there was one moment though it was a decent corner Uh, which was flicked across by Matic I think Matic was trying to get the header on goal but ended up like flicking it over everyone back to Maguire and then uh, within two passes it was back with Romero and there was kind of a bit of a hum around the ground a bit of a kind of hum of discontentment and we were winning at this point in the game And I just thought it's really telling we're 1-0 up and we're a bit like come on it's got to be better than this it's got to be there's got to be more purpose than this And I feel like, in a way, that's an understandable frustration. But on the other hand, these players have played a lot of football in a very short space of time. They're all absolutely cream-crackered. And, you know, you want to reserve a bit of energy for the fact we're playing Liverpool at the weekend.
1: Well, sure, yes. Although, you know, we have different expectations, even now, at United, about the style of football that we'd like to see played. And this, by the way, wasn't a full-strength Wolves side, so... And playing two midfielders in their in their back three, you know they they had to rotate as well. Mm, yeah, no, everyone's a played point. a lot of games. So uh, yeah, United and... will play uh, Tranmere or Watford next. Oh, okay. uh, the Tranmere Watford replay was uh, at Prenton Park was called off because of waterlogged pitch. Same waterlogged pitch which had the uh, the United Women versus Liverpool game called off as well. Looks like they're playing that again next thursday assuming they saw the pitch out which is a long-term problem apparently there um so i'm not sure when the fourth round will be played because it's supposed to be that weekend united women got through in the conti cup didn't they they did yeah beat bryson 2-1 at Lee sports village so through to the semi-final so i don't think the draw has been made for that yet right um the uh the I think
0: you're right about the expectations. And also the fact that we were only one nil up makes a big difference because like moments later Jimenez put in a cross it was just over Morgan Gibbs white. And that would have been a really dangerous position. So one nil, you know, United can't feel comfortable at one nil. Can they? Uh, one thing that might've made it more likely for a second goal to happen would have been Marcus Rashford staying on the pitch, but he did not. And he looked in real, real discomfort. And, and it, I don't know. I, I, I got the bad, bad feels after all that. I was watching that like, oh, none of that yeah. looks good.
1: My initial reaction was uh, it looks like an impact injury. It's, it's more precautionary than anything, but it turns out that he's been playing with a back injury. Oh, he's uh, been so. playing with it? Yes, he's had this for quite some time. <sighs> he's been playing with it. And and so, like, and and I think we've talked about Ollie's uh, preparedness or, I guess, out of desperation Need to risk players who are already injured, and it's backfired in terms of Pogba and McTominay. Both were injured, and he's been playing Harry Maguire, who had this this upper thigh tear, which can't have healed. He's he got to be playing with injections. I'm sure we'll find out that out at some point. Um, and now Rashford's had this back injury and got a got a you know knee in the back, and it's uh, exacerbated it. So um, I I don't know the extent of this injury, whether it's um, whether it's a disc problem like a la Rio would cause a real problem, whether it's just spasms, easier to deal with. We'll see.
0: Reading between the lines, what Solskjaer said, um, the, the the quote about that back injury and the length of it was, um, uh, I didn't want to play him. I think he got a knock a knee or something in his back, but he's been struggling for a little while. That's why we kept him away, meaning didn't play him in the starting lineup. but we needed the win. Um, and so I think on... That score, that would suggest maybe it hasn't been like a big injury that he's had for a long time, but it was something that like he's it's been troubling him so they didn't play him in this game sort of thing rather than like he's been playing with it for ages. But of course we don't know.
1: It's, 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 yeah, I mean still it's the risk and I, I kind of understand because uh, extra time ahead of Liverpool at the weekend, pretty disastrous, right? With Liverpool having a, had a full week off given the intensity that they play at anyway, it's going to be hard enough as it is having played in midweek, yeah. Uh, but with extra time and perhaps you know seven or eight of this team is going to start that game. Um, so yeah, calculated risk. We're going to bring him on, try and win the game. But it's it's you know it's it's backfired as he as he said, and there's a very good chance that Rashford will not be in that that team for the Liverpool game now and. I mean, would we have swapped a place in the fourth round for Marcus Rashford? I don't no. No. I, mean, I mean, it depends. Like, obviously, if Marcus
0: Rashford's out for three months, then yeah, I would rather have Marcus Rashford the next three months. But I wouldn't rather have Marcus Rashford for one game than be in the next round of the NFL. Still, still, so
1: our, look, Liverpool are going to win the league this season. Uh-huh. They may well win the, the Champions League as well because everyone else is dysfunctional in Europe right now amongst all the big clubs. You know, no one's perfect. And uh, yeah, we this may be our only moment of joy. We may be able to bloody their nose for one weekend. Did um, you never know? Talking of clubs being dysfunctional around the place, did we
0: predict that Kike Setien would be the next Barca manager when we did the we manager around it? But yeah,
1: <laughs> we did predict that um, Verde would be out there. Though it doesn't really take a crystal ball to predict that. we genius. Excuse. we Ed. We've got so much foresight. Yeah. But Barcelona made a. I mean, like we. Remember the mess that United made of Saki Moyes did it in a briefing first and, and Louis van Gaal on the way up to collecting the FA Cup. This is even worse. I mean, they talked themselves into firing him because they uh, they were caught offering the job to Xavi. Um, and then one of the... It's a presidential election year and then one of the candidates said, I'm definitely going to offer the job to Xavi. And so um, Xavi has turned this down, apparently because he doesn't want to take the job in... in uh, mid-season, feels it's too much of a risk. Kind of understandable, I'd say, if he, if he has long-term designs on that role. Um, and so they basically ended up having to, having to fire Valverde, even if they hadn't made the, the decision. They're searching around for a manager at that point. You know, um, I'm sure if Pochettino was interested, he would have taken it. He's probably reluctant to take it in the middle of the season too. And, and so they've now got Setien on a two-and-a-half-year contract, although with a break. Right, so if they don't win the, La Liga, they can fire him.
0: And if they do win La Liga, they can also fire him because they love to do that. Because uh, it won La Liga, didn't
1: last and then twice, oh, and I think they're twice top, and Copa del Rey uh, twice, and they're top of the league, right? I think they're, and they're, they're top, top of the league. league. Goal difference, but still top of the league. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, Some, well, you know, and look, there's something to say for the. Uh, I mean, it's it's a bit chaotic, but there's sort of the big club mentality which is we want to win but not only do we want to win we want to win in our way yeah right now we're not doing either of those <laughs> things no i mean we're just not because for all the the talk of um you know implied talk of you know, ollie doing it the united way we're, we're a team that plays on the counter-attack that wasn't really what we stood for 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 decades under Ferguson. Hey, we've
0: won um, And we don't win
1: very often either.
0: We've won loads of games with like more than 50% possession in the last 6 weeks. We're we're like we're the new Man City. Passing it around all over the gaff. Tiki-taka. What's no, what's tiki-taka but with little circles over the A as Norwegian tiki-taka. <laughs> <laughs> um and a line through the O. There's no O in tiki-taka. But you know what I'm saying. Um I I do sort of. Um the uh the Wolves game, I think, that's us done with it, isn't it? We sort of dominated the second half quite comfortably. Uh, Mata did great for the chance. The Rashford injury is the worst thing that happened about that game, and it was all a bit meh,
1: but well done. Uh, that sounds about right. At least, at least we won. At least we won through the next round. Winnable tie either way, though, because we lost at Watford earlier this season. <laughs> oh, is it at home or away? Then, it's, you away. Know? it's away. It's away okay. at Watford or, or Tranmere. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, well we'll see we'll see how that one goes um, and we'll come back in a minute to talk about the thing that we really desperately want to talk about which is previewing Liverpool at Anfield at the weekend
1: enjoy no question about that if so let others know about us the best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button So
0: before we get to Liverpool at Anfield at the weekend it is January so we should probably touch on the Total transfers. T- touch on the vex question um I noticed that Ooh. Bruno Fernandes
1: hasn't signed for Man United yet Bruno you see I'm, I'm not even sure this guy's that good because I've heard so many mixed reports about him and and United weren't sure that this guy was any good either because they turned down the opportunity to sign him uh looks like um, so says Ornstein and Castles that it will get done, um, the deal with the players is done at €6 million Euros a season net uh, and that it will be in the region of 65 to 70 or so for a transfer fee after the Benfica sporting game which plays on Friday. Right. So we should have him next week. Uh, and part of, part of the problem on Sporting for sporting is that... Um, the way they um, they acquired him from Sampdoria, they had to give quite a big kick back to Sampdoria. And also they took a loan out against his future transfer fee. <laughs> so they're going to have to pay quite a lot back. So 70 million euro fee is going to work out about 30 million to them. Uh, so they, they don't get to reinvest it all. But that's the model anyway. You know.
0: Yeah, because they'll just buy in the next player with a loan against his future value and so on and so forth until everyone implodes. Um, yes. That's, and thus, consumer capitalism continues to plough its
1: beautiful trail through the world. Talking of which, um, the it looks like uh, the European Club Association has agreed to add um, basically an extra block of four games into the Champions League. Uh, not, not ratified yet, but that's the proposal and it looks like everyone's behind that. The idea, or at least the argument, is that this will head off a European Super League of some kind, at least for the next cycle, next five to ten years or whatever. Uh, And probably what it will mean is the quarterfinal will get transitioned into a group stage. So four guaranteed juicy ties for everyone. And, like, you know, it's too much, I don't think he's going to benefit anyone. The second
0: group stage really. was
1: rubbish. When the Champions League had two group stages, it was a rubbish. Yeah, well, although there was a the semi-final stage, which made it even worse. At least we'll get knockouts after this. But so.
0: was it, did it not go first, like qualifying round, then another qualifying round, then the semi-finals, then the final? Then
1: semif- oh yeah, then. maybe you're right. Yeah, well we're going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and the other thing is, and the thing that really vexes me about this is that, of, co- of course, this is about the richest clubs wanting to get even more wealthy. But if this was about shareholders going, we want to maximise our profit, then you'd go, ah, okay, look, I don't like it, but I kind of understand the rationale. they will bleed every single pound, krona, euro back into player salaries. All of it. So, net, net, they're not going to be any better. You know, they will have more money to compete with the little guys. I mean, it's just I just don't see the benefit. And we're just going to get uh, increased saturation. We're going to have to find four spots in the calendar, which, which doesn't exist, uh, which very, very, very likely means that Champions League qualifiers won't be playing in the uh, Football League Cup anymore. Because how else? You know, how else are you going to find those four? Right. Yeah, those those four. And that only really applies Uh, the the Premier League's two week winter break that we're going to get in February. That's probably going to have to go. And 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 then the the other challenge is that the FIFA want to do the expanded global uh, club World Cup, um, which might have eight European participants. Where they're going to find that two week window?
0: I mean, whoever said football will eat itself was. Extraordinarily accurate, weren't they? Like this, this is what football was definitely going to do. It's it's really crazy, but anyway, we know this.
1: Yeah, and of course, we we're still waiting for the uh, Europa Conference to come along, which will have the Albanian sixth side playing the Finnish third place side in a second group stage in front of forty people in a sheet. So, what we're saying is. What we're
0: saying is football's peaked. Whatever happens from now is irrelevant. So it doesn't matter that Liverpool are definitely going to win the league this year.
1: Right? Well, that does matter because just to compound the misery of football being Uh, and modern football being rubbish, Liverpool are going to win all the modern football. Yeah, they're,
0: they're a really good team and they've got a really good manager and a really sensible structure
1: and a plan and they're executing a plan it sucks. <laughs> it really does. There was there was a nice quote uh, I think from Adam Crafton uh and f- pulled it out from Fergie who had uh talked about Klopp when he first came along and said uh he was really worried about him because yeah he's he's brought energy to the place. Uh and they've got some of their mojo back. Basically. And he was not wrong. So and and now it's, it's no he it wasn't wrong. He, Fergie knew it and um unfortunately Klopp has built a very very good side with um very very good players and he would have been
0: such a perfect fit for united like i'm not having any of the revisionism that now because he's liverpool manager oh i wouldn't have but he would have been
1: absolutely perfect for us well the well just one check on that of course he would have had to work in united's completely dysfunctional transfer or acquisition strategy which is based around seeing players as assets to be monetized not as parts of a team to create a greater whole yeah which is what Liverpool do
0: yeah that's true um although I think I said this the other day but like you look at down a list of Liverpool signings and all of them look good basically and I wonder how much of that is all of them looking good because they're all good signings versus actually you hand clock raw material and he spins it into gold because it's what he does and you said I think this is absolutely spot on. That it's actually both. It's it's a sensible transfer strategy. Both sides of this equation are maximising one another,
1: aren't they? So, right, and I, I and we've got whatever the opposite of that is, completely dysfunctional recruitment, um, which which is you can see in the fact that how many of our recruits since Fergie and Gil left have actually remained at the club? Not many is the answer. Yeah, so completely dysfunctional. Uh, You've got both sides of the recruitment um, jigsaw puzzle blaming each other, Right, the analyst department or someone pointing at Woodward, most of the fans, and Woodward going, it's not my problem, mate. It's it's all those guys. Easiest job in the world, me. I just sign the checks. Everyone else tells me what to do, which, of course, we know is not true. He has a a much bigger job than that. And Matt Judge running around trying to negotiate uh, with savvy uh, clubs. Not succeeding very well, just at the moment, by the looks of it. Um, and, and you know, that's why we've got such a poor squad. And add on top of that, probably a manager out of his depth, much as we love him, uh, who is not able to get more than some of the parts out of this group of players.
0: Yeah, or is only, like, um, what's the word? Sporadically able to get more than the sum of the... Because he has done it sometimes. Uh, this season he's done it, and, you know... It's not all doom and gloom. It's just not great. And I have to say, I have absolutely... No, you know, before the City game uh, in the Carabao Cup, I was sort of saying that even though we've generally done well against bigger sides, I have absolutely no confidence going into this particular game because I'm not sure we we had it in us to kind
1: of raise our level again. Um, and no, and and the real the real key about raising your level against Liverpool is not necessarily the low bro- block and break because they have much more protection than City do. Um, it's being able to beat that first press, and I don't have a lot of faith that our back four is going to beat that first press. I think we're going to be launching it quite a lot.
0: Yeah, and I and I th- I think af- afterwards, you know, it was pointed out in the comments somewhere that um, McTominay's absence was. Absolutely massive because McTominay was such a central reason that we were able to break up City's play and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the, the the situation is not looking any better personnel-wise for this one, is it? I mean, I think we'll see probably a very similar team than that we saw in in the game against um, Wolves. Like, I don't, I don't. You said seven or eight players, but like, obviously De Gea will play. I'm not sure where you, where we're getting the other three from the or four that, that would be
1: different. True, Matt will probably drop out and Pereira will come yeah. in or maybe Lingard or maybe both. Nah Lingard Lingard uh, ain't
0: gonna play, I don't think. Because I, I think
1: might do if Rashford's not fit. More conservative. Mm. Triggers the press as Ollie likes to say. Could play wide. I want, we'll I see. wonder
0: if we'll say um see James Greenwood and Martial um as the front three. Uh, which I don't think is a bad front three, actually, uh, under the circumstances. And then you've got Pereira at ten, but sort of very defensive minded ten. And then Matic and Fred, and the same back four. I mean, it sounds
1: really dodgy, doesn't it? Sounds perfectly plausible. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, it's it's not it's not one that is set up very well to compete. I don't know what systems wise or one on one matchups it, really. It's pretty mad that like.
0: One of the things that doing these previews and trying to, especially, you know, because we're doing two shows a week, we're actually trying to put more energy and thought into previews. But one of the things that we'll find over and over again is that the team just picks itself because the squad's so thin. Like the, the tweaks you can make are so minor. Let's assume that Luke Shaw's out of the pitch now and Brandon Williams is clear first choice at left back, which I think is a reasonable assumption. We know the back the The rest that means we know the back four, the midfield. There just aren't the options. We're really we're talking about like is Lingard or Matter going to play? Like that's that's the only decision in this game basically, or is like one of Pereira, Lingard, or matter Maybe you get yeah. two in there somehow and sacrifice
1: one of the. It forwards. won't be better. It's one of Pereira or Lingard yeah. for sure, and then the other choices around Rashford. Basically, that's it. Yeah, the squad is extremely thin. I mean, um, we also know. Liverpool's team. I mean, it's it's highly predictable. It might be the same one that started against Spurs, in which case it would be Gomez and Van Dijk in the centre and Chamberlain, Henderson, and Wijnaldum as the three and usual front three. Uh, Chamberlain's the question in that in that three in the middle, but but it's, there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of wiggle room. They we pretty much know where who Liverpool are going to play, and it's been functioning extremely well for them. I mean. One time they've dropped points in the Premier League this season. Well, who was that against As, again? I can't, that's, can't remember. Uh, that's Ali Solskjaer's mighty Reds. Mm. Yeah. Yes.
0: And we were much better than them so, in that game. It's weird, actually, because that they they kind of like scraped a draw with an Adam Lallana goal late on. They were they grew into the game a lot, but their first half performance in that game was weirdly flat. But after dark at Anfield, I don't think they're going to be flat. This time,
1: and no, they they're definitely not going to be flat. I and mean, one thing I'd I'd say is that Spurs created. I mean, not loads of great chances, but they did create chances against in the Liverpool. Second half, the weekend, yeah, in the second half, yeah, as, as everyone got a bit tired and the the press um, faded a little bit. Spurs create chances. Well, if you want if you want some kind of seed of hope, I mean, and they played very very Mourinho ball, yeah. Um, until late on, yeah. and and that was clearly the it was clearly the strategy. Keep it tight, take your chances, hoping to get hope the game opens up late on.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like that's exactly what we're going to do. I don't know what else to say about this one. <laughs> I kind of just
1: want it to be over. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Um, I usually really look forward to these games. I know you don't, right. but uh, I like I like the intensity because they just aren't too. I mean, as we've got less successful, there are fewer games which are big and meaningful and intense. And this one always is, even if it doesn't count for much for us because we're not going anywhere in the league and it's still pretty unlikely we'll qualify for the Champions League just because of our lack of consistency. We're still... And the best we can do to Liverpool right now is tweak their nose a little bit because they're going to walk the Premier League. We're still... In serious... Only five points yeah, off. Yeah, still in yeah, serious but, contention. But, and Maybe maybe Bruno comes in and scores 15 goals from midfield in the second half of the season. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I put this on our Instagram, NQAT Pod on Instagram. Follow us there. Um, I, the, I, Fernandes, this is why I hate transfer season so much. I'm not convinced the deal's going to happen, although now it seems like I would say I've moved up a level of convinced that the deal's going to happen. I don't know if he's any good. I'm I'm not at all convinced... Like, if you look at the the data, there's nothing in the data that says this guy is nailed on to be a success in the Premier League. Plus the kind of people that have seen him a lot are like, well, he does well when he isn't under too much pressure and he's kind of clearly benefiting from being in the Portuguese League and his goal numbers look so good because he scores so many from outside the box, which we know is generally unsustainable. Uh And anyway... Even if he comes in and is brilliant, I'm far from convinced he's the sole answer to United's problems. And yet, all of that said, I'm still checking my phone like, "Oh, have we signed Bruno Fernandez yet?"
1: Like that's <laughs> course, how dumb it is. And and he would, look, um, even with all those caveats, he will give an injection of some kind to United for sure. Uh, and and look, he's. Uh, from what I can tell, and I'm not claiming expertise on on Bruno Fernandes or the Portuguese league, he is uh, an eight, a progressive eight, not necessarily a ten. Although he gets lots of assist numbers as well. Yeah, he's been pushed at ten sometimes, but they play this sort of system with two eights um, at Sporting, and he's got a lot of freedom to get forward. Big question whether he will do necessarily at United. Anyway. It would be exciting if he joins because it all, of course, it always is, you know. And uh, uh, we, if we can't win actual trophies, we can win the January transfer window trophy, can't we? Well, we just have a bit of hope, isn't it? Like just a bit of hope. Yeah. Um, one one other note: um, I don't know whether you saw uh, uh, Phil Brown from Beyond the Pitch fairly confidently saying that. Um, Uh, There'd been uh, substantial talks with Pochettino about a summer move to United. Um, This bit did make me laugh, though. Pochettino's demands include, Ed Woodward has absolutely nothing to do with the football side of the business whatsoever, and they must bring a football director of football. (laughs) I've no idea if any of this is true, (laughs) Um, uh, but uh, it kind of made me laugh just as a... A potential anecdote. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it?
0: If like it's like world-class managers around the world going, listen, I'd love the job, but I've got some
1: demands. <laughs> um, yes. Stop being such <laughs> so A. Yeah. B. C A. <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with another one of these after the Liverpool game to celebrate United's glorious victory. I actually predict a 2-0 loss. Um
1: hey. uh yeah, I suppose I'd be able to predict something. Yeah, I don't think we'll score. So yeah, 2-0 two, two sounds good. I'll go with you yeah. on that one. Uh, I guess we'll record after that game. Hopefully it's a, it's a, one of our giddy Fantastic Victory pods. I look forward to it either way because
0: it's always a joy to dissect these big muppets with you every week ed twice a week now and oh, right. um, so yeah twice a if week. you enjoy the show please do tell a friend because that's the the best way we can possibly grow the show the, the,
1: and the best friends you can tell the absolute best friends you can tell are the good friends at apple Podcasts <laughs> by writing a review and smashing that five uh, yeah button. all
0: that's fine but just like you know if you've got a mate who's united fans and you think they'd like this podcast please tell them about it all, all the best podcasts I listen to are uh, almost all of them are recommendations, either from people that have recommended that podcast to me or other podcasts recommending it. But I right. found those other podcasts from people that I know recommending them in the first place.
1: How very convoluted! Yeah. Uh, for a moment, then I thought you were going to claim you had friends, but yeah. Hey, ouch! Oh, I mean that scales was... across. <laughs> right, I'm going. <laughs> see you, see you Monday, everyone. <laughs> see you Monday. Bye now. Thanks for